Inspiration and motivation can get you pumped up and fired up for a moment, for an hour, even perhaps for a good part of a day. But to keep 
moving forward every day requires a vision. Well, welcome back to Think Like a Champion, a podcast dedicated to helping you win in every way and enjoy every day. We're going to dive right back into our topic of press on our content about vision that I told you we're going to get to. But before we do, I want to thank everyone who's written a review or shared this podcast on social media. Thanks for helping us expand our community of champions. That's what we're here to build. So every post, every review really does make a difference in helping us reach more people. So thank you and keep sharing and let's keep pressing on. Press on. Boy, I love those two words because it speaks of perseverance it speaks of persistence it speaks of like deliberately pressing an on button like you got to press on to enthusiasm you got to press you got to press on to optimism we got to press on to faith we got to press on to victory and God has given us so many tools and so many ways to do this I want to just encourage you that we're going to talk about vision today, but so often what we really need is we just need to take the next step. I love what it describes, how the Bible describes Jesus in Mark eleven thirty five while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Somehow this just grabbed me once years ago and I just held on to this verse as a lifelong motto and a lifelong verse. And it says, and Jesus moving forward a little. I just grabbed a hold of those words. He moved forward a little. Like here is the son of God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to lay down his life for you and for me. And it says he was overcome with emotion and overcome with the sense of darkness to bear the weight of our sin, though he was innocent completely. And it says in that time of darkness, in that moment, he moved forward a little. I want to read that passage to you from the Amplified Bible because it's, it's really incredible. It says, and I, so I wanted to get it up on my phone. He says in, um, he took Peter and James and John with him and he began to be deeply distressed in verse 33 and troubled, extremely anguished at the prospect of what was to come. So he was facing his own death and death at his own will, death by his own choice for you and for me, of course. But it says in verse 34, and he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved and overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Remain here, remain here and keep watch. After going a little farther, he fell to the ground, distressed by the weight of his spiritual burden and began to pray that if it were possible in the Father's will, the hour of suffering and death for the sins of mankind, if it was possible that it might pass from him he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me, but not what I will, but what you will. And he came back and found his disciples again. But I just am amazed at this passage of scripture when it says that even Jesus was looking for perhaps a way that the Father could give him 
a way out of going through this. But he he didn't want his will. He wanted the father's will. And so he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he moved forward a little. You know, that's really all it takes sometimes to move forward a little. Really, that's what fulfilling God's purpose in your life is. It comes down to sometimes just moving forward a little. Sometimes we think we have to take all these giant steps in life. But if you would just move forward a little each day, you would make your life so much better and you would make the lives of others so much better. Understanding this journey, recognizing the stages of growth and progress is so important that we talked about. Jesus said in Mark 4, 27, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. This is progression of three, the good will, the acceptable will, the perfect will of God, children, young men, men, uh, father, children, young men, fathers. These are all patterns of three in scripture because it shows progression. And so I wanted to, though, get to this place where we can talk about vision a little bit. And because setting a vision for your life will inspire you and motivate you and not just motivate you, but help you to discipline yourself to take that next step forward, even when you don't feel like it. Inspiration and motivation can get you pumped up and fired up for a moment, for an hour, even perhaps for a good part of a day. But to keep moving forward every day requires a vision because sometimes you're going to look back and feel like you made no progress at all. But if you just move forward a little each time, each day, and whatever it is, even in saving money, if you just save a little every week, it'll add up before you know it. It's thousands of dollars before you know it. Years down the road, it could be million, a million or millions of dollars, depending on, you know, how your life goes. But you think about it, it's the same with developing a, a prayer life. You don't have to pray 24 hours a day. You don't have to be somebody that even prays an hour a day. What if you just started with the vision to pray every day? And every day it was for five seconds or 10 seconds or 20 seconds. It may sound like, oh, wow, what a spiritual weakling. You can only pray for 20 seconds. Well, even Jesus only moved forward a little in the, his in his greatest hour of darkness. So don't be so hard on us who are still developing, but be and don't be so hard on yourself to require that you get there. And the whole idea about vision is making progress towards something you see, setting a vision to become the person that you most admire. Like imagine in your mind the kind of person that is the, the, the person that would be, that would become the most admirable to you that would 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 awaken your greatest admiration. See that person and then become that person by one decision at a time. Five second prayer of moving forward. Ten second prayer of moving forward. Father, I thank you. Father, I trust you. Father, I love you there. Was that even five seconds, 10 seconds, and yet it makes you conscious. It makes you more aware of God's presence and what he's been in your life. 
So what, we're, what is the vision? What does that person look like, that person you admire most? What is the vision of what kind of person you can be to become the best person you can possibly become? It, I'll tell you, it looks like somebody who is secure, not insecure, who understands their value, who understands their worth, who understands their humanity, who understands their flaws, who is willing to face their flaws and keep moving forward in the midst of their flaws and know that God still uses you in the midst of your flaws. But you know that each day you can take one more step. Maybe you can take two steps today. Maybe tomorrow you can take just one. Maybe the next day you can take three. Just move forward a little towards that vision to become the greatest person you can be is to become the greatest servant to others. What good are we to others if we're not using our life to serve them? What good are we to others if we don't invite God to use us and invite God to make us what he wants us to be so that he can use us in a better way? A vision of self-mastery, a vision of becoming the best version of yourself, a vision to go beyond what you ever dreamed or imagined in your life. It starts with one step. Write it down. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write down the vision so the one who reads it may run with it. You can't run without a vision. You'll just, you'll just quit. Okay, how powerful is vision? A vision for your life because many times in the Bible I got to say this God asks people this question what do you see throughout the Bible God asks people this question what do you see well there's something about what you see because what you see is what you will be. What you constantly focus on is where, you will, is where you will eventually arrive at. In Jeremiah chapter 1, God says to Jeremiah, what do you see? In chapter 24, he says, what do you see? In Zechari Zechariah chapter 4, he says, what do you see? In Zechariah chapter 5, he says, what do you see? In Amos chapter 7, verse 8, he says, what do you see? In Amos chapter 8, verse 2, God says, what do you see? Well, there's something very powerful about that God wants us to focus on and concentrate on a vision. Because what vision does is it breaks the power of boredom. It breaks the power of being bored because a vision will always keep you occupied and keep you interested in arriving at a destination. Vision breaks the power of distraction. Our lives are constantly distracted, whether it's social media, whether it's family, whether it's crisis, whether it's financial. Our lives are constantly distracted, but vision breaks the power of distraction so that even when things come against us, that could create a crisis, we don't allow it to become a crisis because we keep moving forward with the vision that we're going after. What do, you, what do you see? Do you see that person who is blessed, who is happy, who is secure, who isn't comparing himself to other people, isn't comparing herself to other people? That's the vision you should see of yourself, a vision of a person who is mature, who is healthy, spirit, soul, and body, and financially, 
and being a blessing to this world. Blessed to be a blessing. That should be what you see. That should be the vision or the beginning of the vision of what you envision for your life to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. Vision breaks the power of distraction. Vision also breaks the power. I just want you to see how powerful vision is. There's six or seven things I want to tell you about this. Vision breaks the power of boredom, number one. Number two, it breaks the power of distraction. Number three, it breaks the power of depression. I know that there are many sources of depression. Uh, some are simply just chemical. Some are just emotional because of the moment we feel. Some are just very natural and are just going to pass. Others may be very demonic and other forms of depression may be uh, bring you to a brink of just not wanting to live. So there's different types on the spectrum. We're all at some place on this spectrum of depression. We've all experienced it at one level or another or one number or another on a spectrum. But if we could just eliminate as much as we can, vision will eliminate almost all of it. Even it can change the chemical reaction in your body. And if not, if it can't change you physically, physiological, physiologically, at least try and experiment with vision and let it deliver you and break the power of every form of depression it can break. And then let's see what's left over. And if there's still other forms of depression left over in your life, let's treat it medically. Let's treat it clinically. Let's treat it psychologically. Let's treat it uh, what, in what chemically, whatever way we have to treat it. But let's first eliminate every form of depression that vision can obliterate and that vision can eliminate at least start there and then you'll see clearly what still remains that you have to attack from some other angle. But you'd be surprised at how much vision will carry you. The Bible says without a vision, people perish. Proverbs chapter 29. Another version of that verse says without a vision, the people run aimlessly. We run without aim. We box as if we're just hitting the air. The Bible talks about we're running without a goal. We're running without aim. We're running without direction. We're just all over the place. But vision breaks the power of that vision breaks the power of fear. There are certain fears in your life that you're never going to want to try to overcome unless there's a, a reward on the other side. And what is that reward? Seeing your vision come to pass is the reward to be willing to overcome what feels like an insurmountable fear. Vision breaks the power of your past. Vision breaks the power of addiction. Now, again, I know we're treading on some sacred ground here because so many people think that it's always medical when somebody has an addiction, but it's not always medical. It's not always chemical. Sometimes it's just out of sheer lack of purpose that you acquire an addiction because we're all addicted to feeling good and progress. And my son talked about this at one of the hype meetings and uh, recently, and we're going to ask him to share that with our whole audience and our whole congregation one of these days soon. But he talked about how happiness comes from progress. When you're truly making progress, you'll, tr you'll truly find happiness. And when you're truly finding when you're truly making progress, you 
you are enjoying your life and you only make progress and you only think of it as progress when you have a goal or when you have a vision in front of you, you know you can then measure whether when you look back and go, okay, I'm further down the road to this vision of who I see myself as than I've ever been before. It makes you happy. It actually releases chemicals that you'd be surprised. And you'd be surprised how many addictions are the result of simply not having a vision for your life. I wonder how much depression is a result of not having a vision for your life. I wonder how much loneliness is a result of not having a vision for your life. See, sometimes we can become so, we can begin to feel so, so sorry for ourselves when we really can just uh, it, make that self-sorrow evaporate with vision. Vision breaks the power of lack as well. Sometimes you have all that you need. You just don't have all that you want. So what we need to do is we need to get a vision for what we can do to make an impact in other people's lives. And that will create a greater need for more so that we can reach more people so that we can make a bigger impact each individually and together. But you see, when you just have enough for you, you don't have necessarily lack, but when you begin to have a vision to have a greater impact, you'll realize, wow, I need more than just enough for me. It's kind of self-centered to just need enough for me. It really is self-centered to just need enough for you. It's just it's self-centered for me to just need enough for me. I want to have more so I can make more of an impact in other people's lives. More of what? More strength, more wisdom, more money, more health, more, more ideas, more uh, humility. Anything that I have more of that's good, I'm, it's going to cause me to be able to make a greater impact. So, so how do you see yourself right now? Because we have to pull down the images that are contrary to what we want to see. The secret is to get into your mind, to create in your mind a mental image of the person God said you are and the person that you would admire most. Then, in every situation, you act, talk, and make decisions as you feel that person would make. In other words, it's kind of like overcoming the mental games that we have in our lives, but actually flipping the script on mental games, the, the, these, these, these games in the mind. Why not have this game? Picture the kind of person that you could be that you would admire and other people would admire, not for the outward shell, but for the impact you make. Because success, anybody can have success. Impact is what we want. Success is one thing. Impact is another. Success, anybody can have. Impact, you got to really want and you got to really go after. And it's greater than success because you're truly making a difference in other people's lives. But play this game. Picture that person and then begin to act as if you already are that person. Begin to say things as if you already are that person. Oh, I'm so thankful that I was able to give a million dollars to that charity. I'm so thankful I was able to give a million dollars to my church. I'm so thankful that I was able to help my sister in her time of need when she was in the hospital and she didn't have enough money to pay her, her um 
the the first installment of the insurance plan or the the what do they call that the um you know where you fulfill the first portion what is it guys the deductible <laughs> the deductible uh I have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. The deductible, I heard just from heaven, God spoke that to me. So <laughs> maybe just paying that deductible, maybe it's $5,000, and they never thought they were going to have that medical problem. And, they did, and you were able to bless. you got to start talking like you are that person. Start thinking like you are that person. Wow, I'm so, I'm so happy that I just ran that marathon. I'm not saying that that's the kind of person that you need to be, but if that's the kind of person you want to be, Start talking like you already have been that person. Start seeing yourself already as that person. It is a mental effort that will cause you to become the very thing you start talking about yourself as already being. Boy, our words have so much power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Boy, it's true in every area of our lives. So this is the secret to accomplish the progress and to press on when you don't feel like it. I want to come back to something for a moment. and I want to talk about how the vision is the destination. Like this is where I'm headed. Phil Jackson, the great basketball coach of the Chicago Bulls and then later the Los Angeles Lakers and won all those championships with Michael Jordan and the Bulls and then with Kobe. But he used to say and teach his team that the, the joy and the happiness is in the journey. It's not arriving. It's knowing we're going there. It's knowing that we're going somewhere. The joy is in the journey. Others have said it, but I just remember him saying it and using it in, an, in a sports metaphor that would translate into those men's lives. And it really works. It really works when you begin to see that it's not just about getting there. It's not just about arriving there. It's the process and the progress you make along the way and the person you become along the way. You see, if sometimes God has to slow us down so that evil can pass on ahead of us, Sometimes your delay may be God's protection. Sometimes a delay is not a denial. We often think that if we're delayed, it's because God's denying us from having it. But a delay is not always a denial. Sometimes a delay is deliverance from something that you would have run into and would have hurt you or would have set you back uh, days, weeks, months, years, dollars, who knows? So we just have to realize the journey is where the joy is and the journey is where the int intimacy with God is and the journey is where we can find empathy for other people knowing that everybody is at one place or another on the journey. Nobody has fully arrived. Even Paul said, I haven't arrived yet. He said, but this one thing I do, and remember this is the verse we went over several times, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead and pressing on. I press on towards the goal for the upward prize the prize of the upward call of God, the call of God in Christ Jesus that takes you upward, that takes you forward, that takes you beyond the walls that life has put around you, 
that you grew up with or that you put around yourself, your own prison that you built around yourself, those mental prisons, those emotional prisons that we put in within ourselves. Man, God wants to deliver you from that and just find the journey to be where the joy is and where you learn to have a relationship with God rather than saying, as soon as I get there, I'll start being generous. As soon as I arrive there, I'll start being kinder. As soon as I arrive there, I'll start working harder. As soon as I become the boss, then I'm going to really be organized. Start now. What do you do? Move forward a little. If you can move forward a lot, do it. But when you can't, just move forward a little. Okay. God knows the plan and the process to get you there. Just start and move forward. And listen, if you knew how it all looked at the end, it would freak you out. It would scare you. You'd try to force it. You'd try to avoid some of the things that it would take to get you there. Just take the next step and watch what God can do. I want to encourage you. This is the way to constantly grow. This is the way to become the kind of person that you truly want to become. It can no longer be, I just need to have. It needs to be all about, this is the kind of person I want to be. And I want to leave you with this thought, and we can come back to this next time. I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. Today, your vision, whatever that is, it starts right now with you deciding to go to war. And what is this war? It's the decision to make war with whatever has stolen your true identity. You must make war with whatever has stolen your true identity. In Romans chapter 12 and in Ephesians chapter 1, God says it is only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And in Romans 12, he says, I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially, he says, as I have these responsibilities for you and in relationship to you, living then as every one of you does. Look at what he says here. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we do for him. So it all begins with knowing who God is so you can know who you are because you're made in his image. And that's why Ephesians 1.11 says it's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. This is vision. And when you surround yourself with people that are making war with whatever has stolen their identity, their true identity in Christ, their true identity is a champion, their true identity as a leader, the true identity as a world changer, a life changer, a, a world shaker. That's you. That's who God made you to be. Well, we'll talk about this more and dig even more into this. But the vision starts with making war, making a decision, declare war on whatever has stolen your identity, because your identity leads to your destiny. So 
a stolen or mistaken identity of who you really are is a stolen destiny of who and where God created you to be. So we are going to drill down on this identity. The identity crisis that the world is suffering is all gets swallowed up when you realize who you are as a son or daughter of God. We're out of time, but thank you for joining me today on Think Like a Champion. Share this with somebody. I know that you know somebody who needs to hear this. Share it. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you to everyone who gives. Take a moment and plant a seed. The harvest that you have for your life, the harvest that you want for your life, starts with the seed that you start planting in your life and planting in the lives of others. Go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give to plant a seed towards you becoming a champion and you helping to build others and build this community of champions that we're creating together. We can't do it alone. We're in this together. Until next time, be blessed and keep thinking like a champion because as a man thinks, so is he. Can't wait to see you on our next podcast. God bless.